Hey, welcome to Ignite Your Influence Podcast. My name's Ann Bonnie. I am your host and the hostess with the mostest. And today I'm actually with the guestest with the mostest, Kathy Grinsteiner, owner and CEO of Evergrowth Consulting, joins me to talk about trust. Talk about building trust, so important for building influence. We talk about high trust versus low trust relationships and how it makes communication different. And she gives us a great story about how she turned around somebody's trust when she moved into a leadership role and the person made it very clear that they didn't like her and didn't trust her. We also learned a little about where Kathy learned her influence secrets at the mall scooping ice cream. So listen in to episode 133 with Kathy Grinsteiner. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Ignite Your Influence podcast, Kathy Grinsteiner. Thank you for having me to your beautiful home. Thank you for coming over and I'm so excited to be on your podcast and body. I know, right? <laughs> and another rare pandemic in-person interview. Yes, yes, as we sit six feet or more apart exactly. from each other. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Though we've been, you know, we're kind of in the same, we're business owners and yes. starting businesses and all that. So yeah. we're kind of in each other's bubble. Already. Yeah, we're, we're, we're within a circle. Yeah. We're good. Well, and I was excited to talk to you because you have a specialty in communication and it's so important important to be able to communicate effectively, to be able to build influence with people, whether it's your partner, your romantic partner, or, you know, people at work or whoever. And so I want to dive into that. But first I have a question for Uh you. Should I be scared? What was your first job? Oh, my first job was working at a banquet center um, as a, a server kind of thing, you know, prep and all that stuff and take down, take put up, take down. And so that wasn't a whole lot of fun. That was at the university in the town that I grew up in, in Marquette. And, but my um, probably most fun job when I was younger, I was 15 and I worked at an ice cream parlor in the mall. Oh, wow. Yes. And this was back in probably the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. When the malls were a thing. Very early eighties. I wasn't going to (laughs) say. Yes. It was in the early eighties. So yeah, the mall was the place to be. And so um, and you were scooping the ice cream, I, and I was everybody's friend. Oh, because totally. yeah, I had the ice cream. That was so a good call. But I also gained a lot of weight because <laughs> I had the ice cream. <laughs> I was about to say you had more ice cream than your friends. That's awesome. Any no, no. lessons you learned in either of those jobs? You know, I think that for me, it was really around watching my parents more than anything. So the lessons that I learned from them around work ethic, uh, you know, um, was something that I carried forward in every job, being to work on time, making sure that I am um, delivering at least what they ask of me, if not more, even at that young age. I mean, I've worked every every day. I've never taken a break other than to have children. Um, <laughs> Since I was 14. So I've been working since then. And, you know, it's a couple of years now since yeah, 14. Like 20, so, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Times. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Multiplied by. <laughs> so you recently founded Evergrowth Consulting. Yes. You are the founder and president, CEO. Yes, I am one quarter in. Like, this is my first quarter. Oh. I finished my first quarter. Nice. You're all in, though. I, I am all. Yeah, I'm all in. I, I've had the best three months from a professional perspective that I ever could have dreamed of and that I've ever had in my career. It has been incredible. I have learned so much. I have grown so much. I have connected with so many people. And um, I've, I've just 
have found that people are so willing to be mentors like you. Ah. Like I can contact anybody, even in a competing field, and they've been more than gracious and helpful with their time and their talents and their gifts and their energy. Now, it's been incredible for me. Now that's awesome, but that's not magic. That's based on something that you've done through the years. What do you think, how did you build that influence with those people that they're willing to help you out? Yeah, so I, I think um, that everybody wants to feel like they're heard. And so if you pay attention to people and you really care about them and you have to really care about them, you can't pretend because transparency and authenticity is what it's all about, man. So to me, it's really around being true to who I am, carrying that forward and my relationships with others. And I also do something where I make sure that people know that I love them and that I value them. And I'm very specific in saying to them, you are so great at X. And I found um, a number of years ago that I was giving people a lot of compliments behind their back. And uh. I wasn't saying it to their face. And I thought that, how crazy is that? It's time to like switch that up. Mm. And so I'm very genuine when I give out a compliment, but I do try to do that very intentionally. Yeah. Well, and you're probably, you say, and this is, this is language that always makes me pause in a professional light. You say, I let them know I love them. And, yeah. and it's interesting because it gives me pause, but then like, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I don't use those words necessarily. You don't run around saying, Oh my God, I love you. <laughs> and like hugging people. Well, sometimes I do, but that's later at night. But no, um, <laughs> in a, in the professional sense, it's really around like just telling people, first of all, valuing them, showing mm. them that I value them, yes. expressing that I value them and why I value them. The specific yes, reasons. Yes. yes. And yes. I think that's so important. I had a re I tell a story a lot of a manager at a restaurant that I worked in who used to walk around all night saying, good job, good job, good job, good job, right. good job, good job, good job. By the end of the night, you're like, shut up, shut up, shut up. Like, <laughs> this is a tactic and it's not working, right? Right. Whereas, because, yes, you're saying it to everybody and you're not being specific with what it is. Right. So it's like, okay. Um, yeah, I'm not believing you anymore. I'm not yeah. trusting you anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just a tactic. Yeah. So talk about trust a little, because this is yeah. kind of your specialty, yeah. is building trust and effective communication. Yeah. And if we're playing the long game from an influence standpoint with anybody that is in our lives, trust is huge. It, it is absolutely huge. So I often look at communication as you know being really simple but really complicated. Mm. So you have a sender and a receiver and a communication message that goes between them, right? And somehow there's all kinds of things that get in the way of the message being received in the way the sender intended. And you can talk about things like maybe power, maybe um, diversity issues like gender, uh, generational, maybe ethnic uh, issues where you've got differences in language. You can have things like um, noise. So it can be either physical noise, like it used to be, you know, when you're on the phone with somebody and you know you have all the static and stuff. It can be internet connectivity noise, uh. but it could be the noise in your head uh. that you're thinking about other things or you're waiting for them to stop talking so you can respond. You're mm. not really fully listening. But one of the things that I found that's most critical in terms of a message being interpreted in the way that it's intended is what was the relationship like before that message? So we're here in this moment, in this message, and did we have a trusting relationship before we got here? Ah, yes. That is what will determine how I interpret the message. So in a high trust relationship, I can say something to you and really mess up my words, and you're going to give me some grace on that. 
and you're going to give me the benefit of the doubt. Or I'm going to give you a hard time, but At, say, yes. I'm pretty sure that wasn't what you're you meant, give me some even feedback. though that was incredibly offensive. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in a low trust relationship, I'm going to go to the, the lack of relationship that we had before. Now you just sent me a message that I don't like, and it's going to feed that negativity and the lack of trust in the relationship even further. And I'm not going to ask you, and I'm not going to tell you, because... It's just perpetuating the cycle of the bad relationship that we already had. Yeah. And I may not even know that we had a bad relationship or right. that trust is low. Right. So, and, and this yeah. is such an important thing because it's not communication tactics in the moment, right? It's not, it is, yeah. but it's in addition to everything that's happened in the past. It's a building block. All yeah. working together yes. to build this, you know, yes. whatever is getting in the way or easing the way to communication yeah. and you know it's so crazy because you think about like let's just say a family dynamic where you've got a situation where the they've never really communicated well and now you've got an issue that's a, a rose and they're not communicating about the issue and then things don't go as anybody would have liked them to and all of a sudden it escalates and, and you've got the Hatfields and McCoys. Exactly. And Generations yes, of feud. <laughs> over and over again. Um, you can look back at the history of that relationship and the communication message that's going on today is absolutely, you can predict how it's going to be interpreted based on the past. And this is such an important thing to think about because while, yes, the individual interactions are important, we're going to mess some of them up. Oh, yeah. And so knowing that we've got that, right? (laughs) Oh, every day, all day. (laughs) So knowing that we've got that history. Yeah. So how do we build that trust? How do we build that relationship where people give us that grace and say, you know what? Kathy's a good person. I'm pretty sure that's not what she meant. Yeah. So I think that the most important thing is transparency. And sometimes if you're trying to rebuild a relationship, it really is around sitting down and finding what is it that's in common between us. Let's start with that. So that if we both do want a relationship with each other, we've got to want that first. Uh, And if we do want that relationship with each other, let's start by talking about that. So let's start, start by talking about what's in common, that we do care about each other, that I do want to make this work, that you matter to me, and so when we put ourselves out there, it feel, there's feelings that are just naturally occur in the other person, a bit of a softening effect of sorts, to be able to be open. And then secondly, it's around, tell me what your concerns are, and then I'm going to sit and really listen, shut up, close my mouth, really listen, and then I'm going to reiterate back to you what you said to make sure that you feel heard. So I'm going to do the Stephen Covey seek first to understand, then to be understood. I saw on the church on the way here, there was a thing Sign. on the writing that said some people should wear a glue stick instead of chapstick. <laughs> I was dying. I'm like, I know that's going to come up. Yeah. Yes. So what about people who have, and this is a question I get, there's always the yeah, but. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but. And that's why I love that Crucial Conversations book. There's a whole chapter on the yeah, buts. And For I sure. was like, that's amazing. Yep. What about those people who play by and I say play by a different set of rules, but probably had some really bad experiences in the past. Yes. So they don't trust their bosses yeah. and you are now their boss. Yeah. Like, how do we deal with those issues where it feels like 
whatever we do doesn't matter. So I've been in situations, and maybe you have too, where I've moved from a peer relationship to a leader oh, relationship. That's always a fun one. And when I was their peer, they trusted me, and then suddenly they don't trust me anymore because there are people who are just inherently fearful or skeptical of anybody in an authority position. Mm -hmm. That's just the way they are. Yep. So to me, I think that it's just really important to be even more transparent and open with them and share as much information as you can. So if they know that you are sharing information, you're being open and that you're staying in touch. Because a lot of times what we do when it feels a little icky in the relationship and a little bit of, yeah, we distance ourselves. Yes, yep. So, we, so they see us hanging out with or talking to or laughing with. Now, this is when we were all in the office, like it's a little different yeah, right. today. <laughs> but when we're in the office, if that person who is skeptical of me is seeing that I'm hanging out and spending more time, and it could even be work-related, spending more time laughing and going by this person's desk who gets me and we have chemistry, they're going to start pulling back even more. Right. So it's super important that we carve out enough time to work with them just like we do anybody else. And you're not talking about communicating and giving them information like telling them, palling around. No. It's making sure that they understand all the work information that they're gonna get. And I always say that fair doesn't mean everybody gets the same thing. Fair means that everybody has the same chance right. at the same thing. And right. this is where trust comes in a lot yeah. with bosses in boss relationships, yeah. is that if I see you palling around with one of the other, one of my coworkers and you're now our boss, oh, y'all get along, you're gonna give right. them a better chance right. at the next promotion. And you know, sometimes we don't even realize that we're doing it because this person is kind of, you know, challenging and difficult. So going over to their desk and going, how was yeah. your weekend? Yeah. When this other person's like, hey, how was your weekend? But <laughs> you, can, you can see when you're intentional around making sure that you're giving of your time mm. and that when you give a compliment, you're more specific with them than you had to be with anybody else because mm. that's the only way they're gonna trust that it's authentic mm. and that you mean it. And that authenticity is so key. It's a, Like they yeah. see right through the baloney. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, to me, like being authentic means my head, heart, and gut align and I'm true to myself as a leader. And then transparency is around how am I projecting myself to others. And when those two things are aligned, it's a beautiful feeling because you don't have all that internal conflict going on that really can get in your head mm. and get in your way of being an effective leader. Mm. Can you give us an example yeah. of one of those situations that you were able to turn around? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I had a situation where I came in, I was a new leader in that department. Um, nobody in that department knew me and I was coming from the, um, the main office, let's just say. Um, You're talking about the state of Maine or MAI? No, 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 I'm sorry. HQ. Yes, the head, headquarters kind of thing. Oh, I mean, it, yes. it, wasn't, Corporate. it wasn't exactly that, but it's something along those lines mm -hmm. without getting too specific. Sure. And there was somebody on my team who was very negative, was very open with me and telling me that they did not trust me. They were sure I was placed there as a spy. Um, and that any decision that I would make, that they would be looking at it um, very skeptically. Through that lens. Yep, through that lens. And I actually appreciated the fact that she came I was came about to say, that. that's pretty awesome that she came up and told I you know. that. I know. At felt, least you know where you stand. I knew exactly where I stood. And so I decided that I wasn't going to try to over sugarcoat stuff with this person. I was going to include them. And one of the things that I ended up finding was that 
she, even though she wasn't in a powerful position, she was in a powerful position. She had influence. She had influence, mm. yes, with amongst her peers, which was the most important person mm -hmm. in the department because she, had, she was the most seasoned. She had been there the longest. People counted on her. They knew they could value her. And I decided to start pulling her into decision-making meetings and to ask her for her permission if I could ask her to facilitate a meeting now and then if I could. And so I started including her so she could see the way that I problem solve and the way I make decisions. She could be sitting right next to me while I'm doing that. And then I had a subject matter expert because remember, I'm new. I didn't know anything uh -huh. and I had never been in this level of position before. I needed her. And as soon as she started seeing, it took months, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> but it, as she started seeing that um, the way that I go about making decisions and how I would ask for a lot of input from people, and especially her, I didn't always go in the direction that she wanted, but she grew in respect. She had a voice. She absolutely had a voice, and I valued her so much. And I knew because she was so pointed with me in the beginning that she was always going to be direct with me and I needed that person mm, next to me. Yes. I needed her next to me. And I, I, I knew that I can't um, try to smile and, you know, I wasn't going to bring her cookies and she was going to like me. Mm -hmm. I had to include her. Wine and ice cream wasn't going to do it. Uh, no, no. Uh -huh. Wine and ice cream was not going to do it. And so how did you know? Like those, so, and this is the thing that I'm, I'm recognizing is in, in realizing that you wanted to build trust with this person. Obviously yeah. you had to work with her, but she was also a huge asset yes. to you on this team, but it probably didn't feel very good. It was very uncomfortable for a long time. And yucky. So how did you know? When I turned the corner? Yeah, yeah. When she started giving me information. She started telling She started being the spy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She started saying to me, I think you need to be aware of, you know, this, what's going on oh. on the team. She wasn't doing that before because to be honest, I think she wanted me to fail initially. Sure. Um, and and then, she probably had, you know, this all probably came from a very fair place. She probably had a bad experience with a past boss. Absolutely. So as I talk about these people who are negative, usually that comes from a very intelligent place. And oftentimes the people who are the most difficult are the ones who have the greatest amount of subject matter knowledge. Uh. And if we can, if we can find a way to draw them in, then they will come around mm. and they won't be negative. They won't be the difficult person in the room. Did you ever have a conversation with her about her attitude, about her being negative, about her attitude problem, quote unquote? I, I had to have a conversation pretty early on about it because if I'm going to include you in decision-making meetings, you have to be professional. So uh -huh. if you're coming across as being um, spiteful, and if you're being rude to me or anybody else in that room, I'm going to hold you accountable just like I would anyone else. Mm. So yes, we had to have that conversation. And I said, I want to include you because I think you have a lot to offer. However, we can't move forward unless I start to see these types of behavioral changes that I know you're capable of. Mm. I've seen you operate very professionally. That's what I need to see in this meeting. And how did she respond to that? I think she really appreciated it, actually. She walked out and was very quiet, but it changed. We didn't have to talk about it again. Mm. And she may have still had a tinge of negativity. She may still have been defensive. She may still have been, been, been on combative and on the guard with you, yeah. but she realized 
She was able to yeah. keep it in check. She certainly had the capability of doing yeah. it. She just didn't have the desire before I had before I talked to her. So I also think that because I did that, it said to her that I am going to hold people, other people accountable for their poor performance or for anything, poor attendance, whatever it might be. And she needed to see that because she was a really hard worker mm. and it was bothering her that so many of her coworkers ah. had been able to get away with stuff. So I think it was a, it was a journey, mm. but it was worth the effort. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I think that's another big thing about trust, especially when it's with your boss, is knowing that, that everybody's going to be held accountable in an equal mm. way. Yes. You know, even the people you like, even the people who absolutely. are the, you know, the teacher's pet or whatever, yep. that everybody's going to be held accountable. And I say that a lot to leaders. I know it's uncomfortable holding people accountable. However, your whole team is watching. Mm -hmm. And... Mm -hmm. Either the rest of your team, if somebody gets away with something, is going to get resentful yeah. or they're going to join in. So what is it that you, you said in your newsletter yesterday about bringing them in? Calling them in. Calling them in, not calling them out. Mm. And that's exactly um, what I think is critically important. If we could sum up just this last couple of minutes of discussion, yeah. that's exactly what you had in your newsletter yesterday. Yep. Said to, you kind of used that like best next time feedback strategy. You have a lot of value here. You have a lot of information. I want to involve you in decisions because you're important to our success. Yes. For that, yep. that's what I like. I need this. Exactly. Next time, here's what I need. And and real, being really clear, and I really always felt as a leader, like I had a responsibility to talk to people and help them to develop. That yeah. was my biggest role, mm -hmm. to make them maximize their potential and maximize their opportunity. Yeah. And in order to do that, sometimes you have to have difficult conversations with people. In a respectful and tactful and, way. And if they leave there feeling better about your relationship, you know that that healthy conflict is a very valuable tool. And that's what I always say is that if we can have these tough conversations well, trust and respect actually goes up. Absolutely. Right? I say that all the time. Because we can survive these things together. Yes. Ah, I yes. love it. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Mm. So important. So we've hit trust really hard today, and I'm glad we did because I think this is such an important piece, and it's not a one-time thing. Oh. It's an it's an ongoing, um, ongoing thing. It's a journey, not I a love... destination. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. You right. never get there. <laughs> you will never arrive. No. Oh, yeah. Wait, I'm sorry. I hate to tell you all that. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? We just got to keep working on it. And you know what? Um, it's worth it. You know, the relationships with people, we're all here on this earth to support each other. And um, what that looks like and More how now that evolves. Than ever. Oh, it's so apparent now. And I and the, when you look for the good, you're going to see the good. If yes. you look for the bad, you're going to see the bad because both do exist. Mm. I choose good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes it a lot better. Yeah. And it makes it easier to call people in and have those collaborative problem-solving conversations rather than wagging your finger at somebody and not getting anywhere. And oftentimes it's really, uh, it can feel really ugly to do that second part to yeah. wake. You know, if, if a leader feels as if by calling someone out, that if you look at it from that perspective and you're calling them out, that's going to feel really awful and oftentimes they will avoid it. Yeah. And they'll be, oh, well, I'll wait to see if it gets better. Mm. Um, and then it gets to be a trend because mm. the person doesn't even know that they're doing anything wrong. Right. Or they don't think it matters. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like being a leader is, um, is one of the greatest gifts that you can be given because you're entrusted with people's success, their future success and their potential. And you know, I was a leader in a leadership role for more than 25 years in my career. And um, it was an amazing experience for me.
amazing. And I have, I learned so much. If I could go back to the Kathy who was a, a supervisor at 21 years old, um, boy, would I have a lot to share with her <laughs> on what to do better. I knew then what exactly. I know now. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. I have one other question for you. Where are you going soon? You've got an epic journey coming up. Speaking oh of journeys. Oh my gosh. Yes. Journeys. Um, so my husband and I have a 1965 vintage camper and we are going to be going on a month long Route 66 trip. It is a bucket list item for us. We are super excited about it. Um, and we're going all the way to Santa Monica. And, uh, and we're in Michigan right and now. And we're in Michigan. So we're going all the way to Santa Monica Pier, which is the end of Route 66. And then we'll find our way back. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully still married and with the camper. Hopefully. That would be good. Right? That would be really good. And That's hopefully when we go through Oklahoma, we won't hit a tornado. That would be good, too. So. Because campers fly well in tornadoes. I, yeah, I, th I was thinking of Twister this morning. Yeah. Yeah, the, the people who were hanging onto the fence and they were, you know, being pulled straight up. <laughs> the cow flying by. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cow and tornado is yeah. one of my favorite things. So I'm uh, really looking forward oh. to that. We're doing a lot of prep to make sure that that's, you know, a great experience. Oh, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, I feel truly blessed. Well, Kathy, if people want to get in touch with you and learn more about Evergrowth Consulting, yes. how, how do they find you? So my website is evergrowthconsultingmi.com. And you can learn about me and the services that I offer through checking out my website. And I can be reached at Kathy at EvergrowthConsultingMI.com. Love it. I'll put all that in the show notes so they can I get in touch with you. It. Thank you so much for being here. Oh gosh, it was it was my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kathy Grinsteiner, on for your amazing insights on trust and on building trust with people because ultimately that is the cornerstone of our relationships and our influence. And for so, those of you who are interested, as of the publication of this podcast on May 17th, 2021, Kathy and her husband, Scott, are on that Route 66 trip and they made it through Oklahoma with no tornadoes. So they are having a blast, having the time of their lives. If you wanna learn more about Evergrowth Consulting, check the show notes. You can find that website, get in touch with Kathy and learn a little bit more about the services she provides. And if you like Ignite Your Influence podcast, please be sure to subscribe and give us a little love on Apple Podcasts or any of your podcast channels. And if you want to join my midweek Energizer email list, I send out fun blasts about every week to give you a midweek boost of influence boosting boost. That's a lot of boosts. Um, but if you want to join that, I'll also put that link in the show notes. So thank you so much for listening and I will see you next week.